0: Hello, and welcome to The Morning Bell podcast, where we interview authors, discuss writing-related topics, and talk about the writing process as a whole. If you want any more information about The Morning Bell and what it is, look up themorningbell.net. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics that you'd like to see discussed, email the co-editor of The Morning Bell, Kezia Lubansky, at the email address k e z i a at the themorningbell.net. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hello, and welcome to The Morning Bell Podcast. My name is Joel Martin, and we are once again at the Brunswick Street Bookstore, and I am once again joined by my host, um, Luke Manley. Luke, how's it going? How has your week been?
1: Uh, I'm still alive. I mean, if if I seem a little bit unprepared today, it's because I was ramming out 1,300 words last night, so... Okay, and... Um, publishing that... a story on my website, so... uh uh-huh. Another one available now. Sounds um, intense. That's been good. What time at night? Uh, oh, I wasn't that late. Ah. Uh. Uh, when you're married, you don't end up that late with yeah, writing. Yeah, dis- dis- disappointing. <laughs> disappointing. So it was, it was maybe
0: 10.30, you know? Okay. <laughs> it was pretty early. All right, fantastic. And any reason that sparked the urge to put it up, or... had an The idea? rain,
1: the darkness. It was a beautiful night. Absolutely
0: perfect for writing. Well, for me, anyways. Mm. <laughs> No, it was a fantastic night yesterday. Um, I usually sleep with the windows uh, open and the curtains like drawn. So it's like my night was filled with lightning and thunder and rain, which was really nice. Um, uh, And as usual, we have a guest on the podcast. Uh, Today's guest is Helen Milty. Now, Helen Milty is a writer and teacher. She's taught at various institutions and was previously the coordinator of the um, professional writing and editing course at Box Hill. She has recently completed her PhD at the School of Culture and Communication at the University of Melbourne under the supervision of Tony Birch. Um, Helen, it's really good to have you on the podcast. And I, Hi, actually, John. I was just about to Hi. mention... You're also the host of another podcast, <laughs> Literary Punk. Um, it's a monthly lit podcast, and um, that's available via Hookton and also iTunes. So yeah, welcome to the podcast.
2: Oh, thank you very much, and thanks for having me. And hi, Luke, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. <laughs> Fantastic. So podcasting, mm-hmm. you know what it's like? Yeah. 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 Talk to me a bit about that. Like.
2: OK. well, um, one of the great things I think about doing a podcast. Um, a literary one, which is which is my kind of thing, um, mm. as is your show. Um, I think is that it gets you reading, and it gets you reading stuff that maybe you wouldn't normally do. You wouldn't kind of, you know, unless you're actually studying, you know, and you, you have to read or you're researching, and you've mm. got a whole bunch of novels to read and, and think about and write about. Um, I think one of the one of the great things about it, which has been one of the surprising aspects of it, I think, is that I'm I'm reading stuff that's outside of my usual reading zone. Mm. So you know, yeah. I just had someone in recently to do. We just recorded um, an episode on Medea, and uh, you know, I I love ancient Greek theatre. I studied it ages ago yeah. when I did my English yeah. um, honors degree, and uh, I but I haven't picked up Euripides for a long time, mm. and it was so pleasurable reading a play script you know yeah. it was just actually fantastic to read stage directions and to to read you know uh different characters yeah. and and to read the language of a poet like Euripides in translation of mm. course but um and yeah. yeah just to to read Medea even yep. because you know I, I I sort of feel like I know that story off by heart everyone knows about the Philicidal mother you know the the arguably uh, uh, you know violently constructed uh, patriarchal kind of construct mm. who, who becomes this sort of philicidal mother but um, yeah it was just great to read it to reread it and to actually get in touch with Euripides poetry so that's been mm-hmm. a beautiful aspect of it and i mm. try and actually free range with my texts so the show before that was Psy fantasy it was yeah. it was ursula leguin's ursula leguin's Le um classic the left hand of darkness mm. her her fantasy experiment in in post gender politics yeah. you yeah. know so mm-hmm. so that was cool you know to be to be reading something you know in in that genre so yeah, yeah just Did that you, that wide-ranging reading has been great and of course the conversation yeah. with the guests. Mm-hmm. Do, you, yeah? do
1: you focus on a specific piece of writing every time or is it um, genres or areas or
2: yeah it look it's what it's, it's what it's about is actually just introducing hopefully Readers to, to literature that they may not have read, or that they may have mm-hmm. been too scared to read, or uh, to read, or um, you know, just that thing of um, covering some of the classics, but then covering some some different genres. It's called yeah. literary punk because we're looking at texts which change stuff, which 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 was weird, or which was was it stood was out in a different way, or exactly, something, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which 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 tried different things, you know, and some of the some of the arguably great. Books are are great because they, you know, they did that. So, yeah. So within Mm. that schema, you can you can free range across genres, and I really I really try to do that. So it's been that's also one of the great great pleasures. I think that that you just you have this lovely freedom to Mm. just go. You know what? Let's do Macbeth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes. Or actually, I just read someone chatting recently, a friend on on social media. Mm about Anna Karenina, and I I just grabbed her. I said, hey, look, come on, let's do that. So we're doing Tolstoy next month, you know. So, yeah, It, but I do try and actually mix it up and give people a mixture of genres and um, a mixture of of styles, a mixture of of different kind of radical interventions in culture and politics and those kind of things. So, you know, there was a lot of fuss about Fifty Shades of Grey, Mm. and I'd just seen the film, uh, and so we did D.H. Uh, Lawrence's Lady Chatterley's Lover yeah, and we yeah, kind yeah, of look, yep. looked at what is all the fuss about erotic novels and yeah, yeah. let's look at an erotic novel that was so erotic it was actually banned. Yeah. And, you know, Anthony Burgess had to tear it up and stuff it in his socks to get it back through Heathrow so he wasn't arrested. You know, you could only <laughs> buy it in Paris. So, yeah, I I look, I've really enjoyed it. And of course, the other thing is the thing of just talking to a guest and I've... Mm. I've had some wonderful guests. You know, they've been extremely generous and uh and um entertaining and illuminating, you know, and just um yeah, just terrific. So, people um outstanding scholars like Justin Clemens from mm. Culture and Communication at the University of Melbourne and um mm-hmm. Chris Palmer, one of the the famous SF scholars um yeah, and, and a writer from Melbourne and and you know, various other wonderful people, Mel Campbell, a local critic and yeah, it's been really, really terrific. I've loved it. And, of course, just talking. Talking Fantastic. about books. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's really interesting to see, like, when you mentioned guests as well. it's, yeah. it's Sometimes a guest will come on that uh, may have a, a similar field or something than a previous guest. And it's yeah. really interesting to see whether they, like, um, they have similar views or whether they uh, discuss things in a different way or just open your eyes in a different way than the previous guest did. Isn't it great? Um, and I really like those multiple points of view. Yeah. Um, so... Is that the usual week of Helen Milty? Um, is it <laughs> podcast research, writing, and
2: um, whatever? Yeah, I, I, yes, I'm always reading ahead for the podcast, so that that's going on, and I'm kind of planning that in the back of my my mm-hmm. mind. Um, and then, I don't know, this wonderful kind of random thing happens too. That once you start getting interested in a, a book or for a show, other things come along. You know, you you find that you 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 pick up essays or you see a film or you know and you I find that it all starts to kind of I, be, I begin to build up a conversation mm. about the thing that I'm that I'm interested in so yeah that's going on um, I just finished my PhD so I'm at the moment working on getting that ready for yes. my thesis yeah uh, uh, I'm getting that ready for public consumption hopefully mm-hmm. Um yeah transforming it into a book which can uh, which is less academic and yeah for a yeah, wider yeah. readership and i'm about to go to publishers with that mm-hmm. um and part of my phd in creative writing was a novella as well so yeah. i'm also just in fact i've just come from the state library i've just been in there working <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that magical place go yeah. i so yeah been in there working um doing some fine edits um and uh, tweaking that, and then I, of course, I have my teaching as well, and I mm. think that teaching is, look, it's such a gift. Um, I'm an emerging writer. I'm like a late emerging writer, but <laughs> uh, one of the one of the beautiful things about being a teacher is that you're you're constantly reading and you're constantly working with and talking about writing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the great um, essayist and writer Susan Sontag said. Um, to write is to practice with particular intensity and attentiveness the art of reading mm. you know and when you're reading when i'm working with my students i have i i supervise masters uh, of creative writing students at melbourne university and yeah. when i'm working with them i'm reading their stuff and i'm reading their beautiful original ideas mm. and, and seeing them know, shape their voices and engage with other writers because they're they're reading yeah. for their research and um yeah and, and I'm also reading outside of what I would normally read but possibly because yeah because they're reading stuff that's different to what what I'm reading so mm. today for example I was reading Derrida and that was cool
1: <laughs> So would you say finishing your uh, PhD has freed up your time to read more or it's actually made it harder because you gotta fix up your PhD thesis for consumption.
2: Look, you have no idea how much space I feel like I have in my head. <laughs> it's incredible. Like I, I didn't realise while I was doing it. I'm sure friends and um you know, people <laughs> perhaps people whom I was in a relation with at the time relationship with at the time. Might may have told you that I was obsessed, but I didn't know it. But <laughs> but yeah, my head was yeah. always full of something. You know, it was that that question, that thing that I was doing. I was trying to write about my my thesis was about the relationship that or or the the position um or the process of relating with with landscape and uh and so I was looking at a whole lot of um, landscape r- writers in Australia, particularly from Patrick, mm. from Patrick mm-hmm. White yeah. onwards, up until now, and that kind of movement and where we've where we've been and where we're kind of heading, and um, and so I was looking at at fiction mostly, but I was also looking at a whole lot of critical writing about that, and yeah, my head was really full. It was really full up, mm. and and it is beautiful to have like you know a head that's kind of empty. In <laughs> fact, you have.
1: Like the clutter's gone, but it's still everything's there, but it's not cluttered anymore. It's, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, it's beautiful, and and it's it's really cool because in fact, I find that even now when I'm editing, I hope I'm not delusional, but I think when I'm editing the <laughs> the novella that I finished for that thesis, I think I'm much clearer because yeah. my head's not so full. But also, mm-hmm. I've just been loving doing really sort of really stupid stuff like for example i'd never seen the twilight films you know and they came on the abc and i <laughs> was like why not i watched all of them <laughs> it was so cool because like that was kind of like a, just a sort of a really um yeah just a nice time to mess about muck about you know and and um i've been doing a bit of that as well and mm. watching movies and and um yeah and reading and mm-hmm. um uh, just
1: out of out of curiosity with your um research for your PhD would that have taken you into a lot of art as well as in drawings paintings of yeah. landscapes?
2: Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Yes, of course, because um those two discourses have always informed each other. Mm. Are you a painter as well? I know. My Do wife you, is. Uh, okay, right. But I believe you write for a visual medium, don't you? Yes. Yeah, you
1: well, I'd, I I guess you could say I'm I'm more visual as a writer than than um. That's that's not a comparison. I'm visual <laughs> as a writer. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picturing everything I'm writing.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: And you you are both working yes, for on the same company. Yeah. yeah exactly. And who,
0: for the actual game company. Yeah. Who um, produced games? So yeah. That, that's exactly. A, that's a that, visual that, medium. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, so translating into something yeah, else. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I sort of felt like I was I was walking. Um, A sort of fine line between the two forms Um, Mm. and in fact some of my research was actually visual uh, there were there were photographs that I kind of took but I almost took them with my my body as the Mm. viewfinder rather than my my eyes I was trying to kind of disrupt typical ways of seeing things and trying to um, trying to not kind of look and see things a lot of the time but actually find other ways of um, it's like engaging mm. with them in other ways, yeah. engaging, mm. yeah, and and engaging with absorbing this, maybe engaging with the stuff that's not here as mm-hmm. well the stuff mm. the stuff that's Implied, hard to yeah. represent. Um, I mean, it's as writers we're always representing stuff, mm. you know. Um, but you know, I did read a great line of Derrida's today that you know life is unrepresentable. He was writing about mm. <laughs> the uh, playwright Artaud and that was, I thought that was really interesting that um, comment of his about Artaud's work. So. Um, I was trying to work with with different ways of experiencing stuff. so for example, I set this novella in the Kurong, which is traditional Narangiri landscape mm-hmm. in South Australia. The mm-hmm. Koorong's a 100 mile long beach it 's very interesting landscape it 's sort of a mixture of sand and fresh water and salt water and mm. dairy farms and and weird <laughs> bits of kind of peninsulas that, that are kind of cut off and um, you know but always this this absolutely beautiful, um, um, very fecund um, landscape and, and, and wildlife and mm. uh, this nat- Naranjiri landscape, which is traditional, uh, their traditional dreaming lands. But it's also where I lived and grew up for a, a while. So I sent my novel there. But it's really funny that I, the first time I, I, I <laughs> sort of saw that place in the book, it was at night and it was completely dark. You know, mm. And I think that was a really interesting... That I w- so yeah I was exploring the visual aspect of it. I did take photographs. I did, I even did my first ever watercolor painting, <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it it was a lot about water. Yeah. That, that um, mm-hmm. investigation yeah. because it's a very watery landscape. Yeah.
1: Well, I suppose on that note, we can move on to another visual medium, medium. and that would be
0: film, yeah. film yeah. and yep. videos, other things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Uh, so what have you watched lately, Joel? Um. I've been, <laughs> I've been pretty slack on that actually. Um, I've, for the most part, I've been doing uh, a lot of writing at the moment. But um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to to rack my brain as to what I've seen, and it's <laughs> not been much for the last two weeks since the last podcast. Um, so I guess I'll just bounce it back on you, Luke. Um, back to me. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, for the first time ever, I saw Titanic. I'm not sure if it was <laughs> one week, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The story of the Titanic has always kind of intrigued me. I've mm. never cared much for the hollywood take on it mm. but it wasn't it wasn't that bad mm-hmm. yeah. but there's something interesting about the story of the titanic because when you sit down and start watching it you know yes. the ship is going to sink you yeah, know yeah. that a lot of people are going to die thousands of people are going to die yeah. oh hang on maybe. yeah i think it was thousands of people did mm. die mm. and even when you even when you start the film it's already sunk they're actually going to someone who tells the story about it mm. and so you therefore have a picture of what she's going to experience already, mm-hmm. and it's it's quite a strong way of telling a story. But mm-hmm. you have to be really good at telling it because if you already know what's going to happen at mm. the end, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, yeah, or most of what's going to happen mm. at the end, there it's really about has the to be a lot of strength yeah. on the journey, a lot of things to keep us interested, and it did, yeah. well. It did yeah. well. It did well. It did a good job of that.
2: That's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, y- so you've got your arc there, the story, mm. ar- the story arc. You know, you know how it's going to end. Yeah. But then each little um, scene has to have its own arc. You know, mm. I'm, mm. I'm drawing on the the theory of um, Aronson's theory of um, of how to write a script, and mm-hmm. um, it's very good actually. She's she's really good at describing how each little scene should have its own arc, yeah. and that there should be um, something that you desire within that mini arc. So mm. I guess that maybe might be. Something to do with whether or not the film works really well or not is is how each little scene you know Mm. goes about getting what it needs to to get you know yeah
1: and that's that's more um that's actually a lot. Closer to the film than I was expecting at first, because yes, there's little arcs, and every between each little arc, they, they yeah. go back to the present, yeah, and they talk a bit about what's going on and mm. what they've discovered, and mm. the the treasure hunters are like, oh wow, I didn't know that about whatever happened, and then they go back and they see another section of history, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. so I think I think it did a very good job. Actually,
0: would you say also um, because you set up, you say that the result is final, but the result of you know, the Titanic, mm. as as a ship, mm. but all about the character. Maybe the investment is therefore put to the character and does she survive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's yeah. certainly stuck on the character. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And I guess that's one way But of the
1: thing is, she still does survive and you know that she does survive. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like it's right, going to be okay. an easy one or a hard one. It, it's, not, it's not that you mm. yeah. um, expect it to be easy or hard for her. So, yes, you got to find out what it is, but... Yeah. But at the same time, you do know that she does survive. Yeah. And yep. that she does come through. She's not happy at the start, mm-hmm. but she's she's definitely looking back with with memories at the start, mm. Like with sort of semi fond memories at yeah. the very start.
2: Yeah. You're both fantasy writers, aren't you? Yes. Yes. I just I think that the the Titanic is really fascinating because of that that ship which just will not go away. It's just it's just there. It's still there. Mm. It's actually yeah. at the bottom of the ocean. You know this this ghostly thing, and yeah, it's always there. I just think that that's intriguing. That thing. Mm. I mean that that just that makes me think of you know <laughs> Tolkien and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, know, of course. Yeah. Those. You know, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's that elements sort of, that never really pass yeah, away. Yeah, and that yeah. kind of deathly element. Yeah. That sort yeah. of it's a it's a it's a. There's a lot of symbols going on. Presence of death. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose
1: I, for me it's more my cynical side. My um, what is it? My. Attunement to dystopia that, uh-huh. that yeah. brings me into that, where th- all of the people in the ship are like fighting each other to get to places and locking each other behind bars. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
2: dystopia. Yeah. Very mm. strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I saw a film recently mm-hmm. that was um interesting. Have you seen it? It's called While We Were Young. It's the um no. it has Ben Stiller and Amy Watts and It
1: sounds familiar, it, it but does. I haven't actually it does, seen but it, but yet. no, I haven't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I thought that it was you know, very you know, I thought the actors did a great job. I thought they tried the, uh, it has some fantastic actors in it. Mm. Um uh and and uh yeah, you know, who's the guy from um, Girls? Um, the the um, I've just gone completely blank. Okay, Adam Adam Driver. He's mm-hmm. in it. So yeah, he's really really good. But um, but yeah, the 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 actual film and the story, the storyline and what they did with the characters just drove me completely nuts. It was <laughs> so oh, it was so. <laughs> oh, I just, <laughs> I'm going to sort of like break out here in a minute, but yeah, it was very, very frustrating. It was about stereotyping age groups and gender mm. groups and mm. all of that stuff, you know, and it yeah, was, but yeah. it was meant to be a sort of exploration about people discovering things, you know? Yeah, like, um, I, and, and See, I, yeah, yeah and discovery, discovery gone of, wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, uh, Ben Stiller plays on. Older academic who's you know procrastinating and can't get his mm. documentary finished, and then he meets these this cool young couple who come to see one of his lectures. And Adam Driver is, is, is this young guy, you know, and typically they live in I think they live in probably Brooklyn or something mm. like that. And um, yeah, so they they become friends, and it's it's supposed to be about how it's a real kind of discovery tour for. The older academic guy, because he discovers what it's like to be young again, and, yeah, to, you yeah, know, yeah. and, and, and his wife starts going to hip hop classes, yeah, and yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff. But it just, yeah, it was just extremely stereotypical, mm. and, and I don't think very illuminating. You know, mm. I would have loved to have seen um, Naomi Watts play the lead role. It would yeah. I think it would have been great if she, if she was the academic, and yeah. in fact, if she was really kind of not a procrastinator, but, but really creative and productive, yeah. and mm-hmm. that if Adam Driver was younger and maybe a huge procrastinator. <laughs> yep, you know? yep, and exactly. then I would have liked to have seen what happened. You know? Changing Turn it up a a yeah, Yeah. yeah. Really. <laughs> Instead of giving us what we know, that um, old people are supposedly kind of washed up and you know, <laughs> pathetic and, and that young people are kind of full of you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. drive. I don't think those things are real, no. you know. No. Um, it's really... Because I've, like, I've taught in writing classes and uh, writing workshops for a long time now and one of the beautiful things is You know, if you're an emerging writer, you're an emerging writer, Mm. you know. My supervisor at um, Melbourne Uni, the uh, the wonderful writer and listener, which is why he's such a great writer, Mm. Um, Tony Birch, you know, he was a late emerging writer. He, Mm. uh, I think, worked in the Abattoir in in Broadmeadows when he was younger and then went to TAFE Mm. uh, and uh, did a professional writing and editing course, that great course, which has actually produced – so many fine writers and scholars, um, and I was very happy to be, um, you know, uh, to work in that course um, at Box Hill. But yeah, so I think um, you know the thing about emerging is that you can do that at any stage. You can be—I've taught mm. amazing young people with with you know brilliant voices who are just so they come they come preloaded with wisdom yeah. or something. I don't know what it is, but yeah, you can you can find a voice who's incredible in a young person or you can actually have someone walk in the door who's maybe in their 50s and they've never written a book and they they start to write and they've just got the most beautiful voice full Mm. of full of other stuff you know and 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 maybe full of youth as well i mean that's the thing where do these things exist you know and and who who locates them and that's that's what's so beautiful about um about reading and 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 reading um different works i guess that um and and works that that encompass um, those those aspects of what it is to be human, which are not stereotypical. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. the film annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> it's good. I went to the Monday cheap session at the Nova. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it only cost me seven dollars. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more upset if it was. But more I I, wait, I ate way too much chocolate because it was really <laughs> annoying me.
0: <laughs> so you're just like angry eating. You don't yeah, need angry eating. You don't need an excuse to eat chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but um, the screenplay is interesting. I I've never written in that genre. Mm. Have you? No. You? I haven't written a screenplay. No. 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 Yeah. No. It's actually great fun to read it and to yes. to work with it. For yeah. example, the Definitely. the original Scott sc- Scott Silver script for Green Mile, Ma- which became
0: the Green Mile. Green.
2: Another um, Green Mile. No. The, what's the Eminem film called?
0: I no. Uh, yeah. No. I'm thinking of a different writer.
2: Uh, no. So Scott Scott Silver's um original script was called un, um un, un unpublished Detroit yeah. Project or yep, something. It's that's, yep. that's actually a great um a great film script to read. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's great. No, for some reason I thought Stephen King and oh, I was right. like yeah, yeah. Mile," it just like, popped <laughs> into my head and I said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No. So
2: and um I think reading reading other genres is al- also really cool and and um mm. Yeah, it's good for you, it's good for your voice, yeah yeah and definitely it, and you pick it you pick up things, you pick things up so that when you go back and maybe you're working on the dialogue in your novel or something yeah um, mm. you're influenced yeah yeah you know, definitely by by what you've unconsciously up. like yeah you know yeah. it just
0: comes in and you're subconscious yeah um there was a there was a screenplay, and i, I throughout this entire thing I've been trying to think of the name yeah. of the director and writer um it was it was a film called equilibrium um. <sighs> It was know. a dystopian uh film. Uh and for the life of me I cannot remember his name. But I, I read his script. I read the original uh script yeah. uh of like what he was the transcripts and, and stuff like that. And it was really interesting to see the translation between the script and the film. Oh, yeah. Um because in the end, you know, a lot of things got cut uh from from the end project. Mm. Um but one of the most important things I think was that there was a vision in that film, like mm-hmm. he had, really on the way, uh, in the way into that script, and it definitely showed. Even with the cut down version yeah. that we get in the uh, cinemas, I really like the film. I think yeah. the film is quite well done. Mm. I, um,
2: I think one of the most entertaining things for me, in, for example, reading that um, uh, Scott Sil- silver early script for mm. the Eminem film uh, was actually the the action. The action. Um, uh, writing that he'd written into that film, um, describing what was going on in the background mm. and, and how things were going to be done. And it was written in the rhythm of that film, if yeah. that makes sense. It mm. had exactly the same pacing yep. and art. It was just so um, visually evocative, you know? It's actually yeah. a fantastic thing to read in terms of, of writing um, visually. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it's something that t- you
1: feel a bit. Restricted, and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when go you're back, writing. go back
2: and <laughs> yeah. look at it. It's really cool. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah, mm.
1: definitely. Probably something that Tolkien actually did because he was on a more of a um, omnipotent writing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially with the Hobbit, like he'd pick up somebody else's what he's saying and what they're doing over here, and mm. Mm. It's yeah. something that we don't do a lot of now, or it's, it gets sort of filtered out with our uh, limited first person or third person, whatever we're doing yeah. narratives. Yeah. Um, because so you can only see what this one person sees and feels yeah, and yeah. all that. Yeah, first what person experience, you know, hero. You know, yeah. see what's in the background. Yeah. And yeah,
2: yeah. I think that rhythm between um, point of view is really yeah. important in writing, and it's actually, um, it can be so beautiful. Of course, you can break all of those rules. You can actually yes. get someone who will write something which is just intense and mm. first person. And <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I must say, I just really, I really enjoyed rereading Ursula Le Guin's the Left Hand of Darkness for its amazing um, work with snow and ice. Yeah. You know, you, you're writing a yeah, game, aren't definitely. you, in, in Slavic territory. Yeah, yeah. And, man, she can really write about snow and ice, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, beautiful stuff, yep. you know, going up in those those um, mountains on that planet called Winter and... and uh, Quite quite wonderful, you know, and it's got that sort of epic journey mm. quality about um, it as well. Um, two two characters who make a great big journey together, a nice journey. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed reading that. I'm I'm actually thinking of of having a go myself mm. at some uh, fantasy. Yeah, uh, uh, and uh, trying that kind of genre. That's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to reread. Le Leguin, and yeah. I did it for the podcast as well with yeah. um, with the scholar Chris Palmer, who was wonderful. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm I'm thinking of having a go myself at something quite dif- different, not landscapy though. I'm coming back to the city, yeah, um, <laughs> figuratively as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. Be good to be right writing in the city forest, mm. looking for those kind of. Urban
1: fantasy—is that what you're looking for, or something
2: else? <laughs> <No. should he>? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll see go yeah, and, uh, you've got to sort of, of let it let it emerge, don't <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the idea of being an emerging writer really isn't about that sort of for a long time. Um, hopefully, I hope that's what I'll always be. I hope yeah. I'll always have that kind of, you know. I mean, you want to? Sure, it'd be great to win some prizes and have you know a few books on the shelf, but. I also want to always have that rawness. Um, mm, yeah. I think a c- couple of things that I really value are, in some way, being an anonymous. You know, yeah. um, I think I I like that space mm. very much. You know, and I'm I'm drawn to these reclusive writers. <laughs> you know, I, I I think it's really interesting that Cormac McCarthy, for example, eschewed work in his own um, yeah. writing um, practice. He 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 did everything he could to stay away from work, so that he could actually just just write and have that um, that rawness. And mm. he he lived in you know little huts and shacks and ran out of money and ran out of toothpaste and mm. you know um, needed that space. You know, and I I like that space yep. too. I like I've been actually living alone in a yeah. in a shack of my own for a while <laughs> now, and um, yeah, so I like that that space. And um, I think the other thing which I really value is the opportunity to constantly reinvent Mm. um, what you're doing or perhaps, perhaps it's not about reinvention, but maybe it's about just that. I I love being, having the freedom um, to, to free range with my ideas across various reading. So maybe it'll be, you know, picking up Shakespeare because I haven't read any for a while or I'll see something or I'll go and see a play or there's a new movie of, uh Macbeth coming out with mm, yes. with um some great actors in it that I'll probably go and see um mm. mm-hmm. you know uh, or picking up something completely different and uh and reading something you know super postmodern you know I love that yeah that too that free ranging that yeah
0: that organic flow from one idea to the other yeah and it influencing each other yeah. at, at the same time yeah um so I think that sort of brings us to the end of like the movie discussion. We sort of moved on naturally from that <laughs> mm-hmm. into more of the writing mm-hmm. and, and yeah, reading. So I think mm-hmm. we're
1: somewhere in there already. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs>
0: deep in the reading territory. Um, talking about reading, yeah. uh, Helen, um, the idea and generally what we do in the podcast is we ask and invite um, guests to bring on topics that they like to talk, uh, talk about. And Helen was quite uh, interested in talking about something that's, I guess... The idea of an emerging writer never really ends because you're always emerging in some way or another, yeah. but I guess the one quality that stays the same is the fact that you're always reading
2: yeah, yeah you are and um yes yeah, it, that's I really value the intimacy of mm-hmm. that relationship with with other writers and and with books um you know i I actually get excited about the way language is put together mm-hmm. um you know and and uh the way you can you can move words around and and make things incredible, that you can you can you can represent those aspects of life which are actually unrepresentable. Yeah. Mm. Um, so i I love that, um, yeah, and and reading um to me, I guess started uh, when I was quite young, just in a sort of completely organic way, finding my way. Um, into reading and then, uh, you know, radio was a big influence, actually, listening to to radio, to literary Mm. programs, you know. Um, Things on the ABC, Books and Writing and those programs. Robert Desay had that fantastic literature show for for years, you know, before I went to university and studied. Um, Mm. I studied drama for for a while in my 20s and that was great. That was actually a fantastic introduction to, to... uh, reading and writing as well to study Shakespeare of course. Yeah. But also Chekhov, you know. Yeah. The great master of writing about nothing. Just writing about ordinary life, you know. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. What a gift. You know, and then to yeah. actually get to inhabit characters and, and act and play play characters on stage too, that was really, really beautiful, you know. I sort of started off I think wanting to be an actor and then I and I kind of transitioned in wanting to be the writer. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, your reading's important to me. Sometimes they, I, I have actually been blocked with with reading, and that's really interesting too. I think, um, mm-hmm. and I think that affected my writing as well. For a while, yeah. I didn't write or read. I I couldn't manage either of them. You know, I was I wasn't sure where I was going with the thesis and um, or where I was going with the novella. As well, and um, I guess you just have to get through those times yeah. as well. But mm-hmm. um, why, do, why,
0: mm? why do you sort of think that is, though? Like that writing block, you know, the block um, that happened, the yeah. block of reading, writing, just literature in general. Like,
2: yeah, it was really hard. I think it was. Um, it was about being. Deep into a process of researching something and actually trying to find my way through it. Yeah, and I think Mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to stop trying (laughs) and give it some time and let it and wait and it'll come. Yeah, yeah, and you'll work your way through it. But um, uh, I'm very happy to be reading again, Mm. and uh, um, you know, and I think certain books too that you pick up, they they just make you feel so excited about writing um, and language Mm. and and. Uh, one of them was um Jane uh book disgrace mm-hmm. i i think that was also about helping me come back to feeling again really excited about writing because that is such an amazing book yeah and uh such a powerful um political book hmm. as well which um has its own ethics which comes out of story yep. you know and this um, amazing character um the academic the protagonist is is uh you know a, a, uh, it's just such a mighty book it's fantastic but i love it too because it's almost written uh in, as a sort of contemporary i would almost describe it as a kind of airport book you mm. know something you'd read on a plane yep. and that's yep. that's kind of also another thing that i'm i'm really drawn to the idea of the vernacular and 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 all kinds of culture um coming into into reading and mm-hmm. writing as well. You know, I'm yeah. not kind of a snob in that sense. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what my podcast is about as well. Literary punk. I really yeah. want, it's, it's a socialist idea. It's about yeah. like writing and reading should be for available to people. And if you've never studied Homer, you know, listen to the show and we'll talk about it. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it's there in the name as well. <laughs> huh? Like, yeah, it's there in the name, like yeah. literary punk. You yeah, know? exactly. It's meant Do it there. yourself.
2: Yeah. 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 That <laughs> whole DIY D- thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, reading look it's just something that i've always been drawn to i guess and and i still am i love talking about it i i love um i love um thinking about the way that writing um works and uh, uh analyzing that you know i yeah. loved researching uh australian landscape writers like patrick white for example mm. and um, yes. flanagan you know death of a river river yeah. guide um for a first novel, absolutely amazing, you know. Um and then uh, you know, more recent books like Kim Scott's Banang, which uh he won the Miles Franklin Award with you know, um just um I guess for me it's it's about I, I'm just really excited about I guess language and and how that goes together and yeah. and how we keep we keep um doing that and keep keep discovering with it yeah yeah. I you think see, you said oh, uh, it's
1: important to um, be reading and writing yeah. and I agree with that but mm. um, for myself it's really hard to read something that I enjoy and write at the same like within the same week or so space mm-hmm. yeah so f- for instance if I get stuck in um, a book like I don't know one by mm-hmm. Matthew Riley I've written mm-hmm. a couple of his I've enjoyed but mm-hmm. Um if I get into one of those yeah. I just can't write until right. I finish that book. Okay. So uh, has that ever happened would you say that happens to you as well? Like if you get stuck in a book would you be constantly going back to your own writing and sort of using what you're reading or
2: I think I've got a a little bit better at that. I think mm. I think that flexibility um f- I think it's personal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think it depends on what you're doing in your life and where you're at and whatever but but I think I've become more flexible. I reckon it's about a kind of fitness and, and it's also about letting go of security. I think, I think something happens too if you go through a big writer's block and a big reading block and then you come out of it and you finish something. There's something about finishing that, that thing, that, that, that novel. That, you know, yeah. If you're talking about being an emerging, emerging writer – I nearly said an emergency, right? (laughs) Because I'm talking about That's a new medium. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. because I'm talking about insecurity. Call the ambulance quick.
0: (laughs) Writing ambulance. No, the
2: thing is, um, (laughs) God, hilarious. Um, I think I've become better at that. I used to be, I would say, I used to be quite alarmed by having to go from, for example, (laughs) writing this essay to writing that chapter of, the novella, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I used to kind of try and designate mm-hmm. areas for things. Um, I've learned to be more flexible, and I think it's about getting used to being insecure. Yes. And I value insecurity, mm. you know. Um, I, I think that that's, it's actually really important. Look, I woke up the other day and I yeah. realized that the way that I've managed to organize my work and my life at the moment, there's this hole, right? And it's a beautiful hole because Mm. it means that I can just fill that space with writing and just work on that. But, you know, we spend so much time, or I have spent so much time in my life trying to fill that hole up with other things, you know, because – because you've got to be a little bit insecure to actually allow that hole yeah, to yeah. happen, you know? And and I'm constantly trying to sort of make things secure again. Yeah, yep. So
1: while th- you wait for inspiration or something. Yeah, yeah, something
2: like that. And I think maybe I used to hang on to things like, oh, I've got to finish this book first before I'll go over there and write yeah. that story, you know? But these days, yeah, well, I just finished reading Euripides the other day. I absolutely loved it. I kind of just plowed through it. I thought, that is amazing, that play. I'm so glad I read it. Um, and I think I was back editing my novel again, you know, pretty soon afterwards. Um, and now of course I'm I'm supervising some Masters of Creative Writing students at Melbourne and they're sending me their drafts and I'm reading them and then <laughs> reading materials and then, you know, mm. working with them. But yeah, pretty much pretty much I'm hoping to actually spend a lot of time just trying to write now. Yep. I'm gonna try and keep my life um, you know Keep that hole, yeah, <laughs> that space. Yeah. And that's the other thing about being an emerging writer. As you, as you know, um, you've got to try and stay alive. <laughs> yep. You have to make money. Yep. <laughs> but it's, it's that fine balance. It's like keeping enough space for yourself um, to, to, be able to, to be able to actually play between reading and yes. writing and what yeah, you're yeah, doing. Yeah. And,
0: and that flexibility comes, I think. Yeah, and
2: it's that play too. The play is so important. You've got to, you've got to love what you're doing. It's yep. got to feel playful yeah it's got to feel like it's it's special, you know I kind of i just i th- I thought I sounded a bit wet ten minutes ago when I was talking about how, <laughs> you know reading is so precious because of this, that and the other but but actually in the end, it's just that it's so so much about play it's yeah. so creative That's you're meant to saying.
0: enjoy it, I guess yeah, it's not work in that way no um it's work in one sense, yeah. because it is your work, mm. but it's mm. also your life, you know everything that you enjoy about it. I think with me anyway it's it's interesting because. Um, working off a novel format. You know, mm-hmm. I was writing a novel for a yeah. while and then going on to write another novel. Yeah. Um, and then I stopped and I was like, you know what, time to break this up a bit. Yeah. You know, and okay. instead of going to short stories or whatever, I went to like s- shorter forms. So like yeah. uh, in between a short story and a novella, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. And I decided to do that simply because I wanted to explore different ideas within different worlds of yeah. series. series. Yeah. So one's fantasy, one's yeah. crime, and, yeah. you know, the other is an exploration of character within yeah. a fantasy setting, but it, yes. it's shedding, you know, the genre expectations of what is fantasy. Yes. And I enjoyed doing that to a mm. certain extent that it made me want to read none of that. So yeah. then I wrote, uh, I wanted to read, um, Alexander Dumas Three Musketeers. Yeah. Just because, yeah, beautiful. um, because yeah. I just wanted to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, for me anyway, like that is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. uh, being unsure of where I stand in any of these mm-hmm. three circles of the writing, writing, and then the reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: and that, that being uncertain is a very, you know, as I was saying, it's a very productive space to be in. The, I, yeah, I, think it one strengthens the, you. Yeah. yeah, and I think one of the great things too about reading widely and diversely, um, it's not the stuff that you expect to find in books that's mm. really valuable. It's the stuff that you you didn't expect to find yeah. there. So when you're reading a, a play script, a drama like like Medea, Euripides Medea, you know, he's this fantastic punk playwright of of ancient mm. um, Greece and, and he's writing a story about a filicidal mother who murders her children. We all know that story and so yeah. you expect to read that terrible story. But right in the middle of all of that, you read Euripides the poet writing about how its sorrow that actually leads to all the most terrible things. So that he, mm. he's writing philosophically about sorrow and the effect of sorrow on people's yeah. lives and how mm. it, he, he argues that sorrow creates violence. You know, when you read that little gem and you... And then he goes on to say how music could cure that because he loved music yeah. and he composed music for his own plays. Mm. And then he says, but people don't take music seriously. And, and anyway, once you're full and fat after dinner who wants to listen to music and you just read that and you think he's he's interrogating how 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 foolish we are yeah. and and how how sad we are how mm. tragic we are and you find that in in amongst this other thing which yeah. was you know you expect to to find this stuff about the philosophical mother the idea of the and story, you, yeah. and then you read this other stuff you mm. know so i think it's those it's that stuff that you find in books that you don't expect to find which is which is so wonderful yeah. that's the that's mm. the really fantastic stuff, and that's the stuff for you as a writer as well, mm. because it reminds you, as you say, Joel, to not only open up spaces for yourself in terms of the length of the piece that you're writing and and you're absolutely right, you know that's such a creative way to work, um you know vary the length because mm. of course the length of the piece is a political decision yeah. as well, uh, all of that stuff um but um yeah, um open up spaces for yourself where where you're going to find things that you didn't expect to find exactly, yeah.
0: and I think for a lot of emerging writers, anyway, when you say like um, reading is entirely important, they go, Yes, it is important, yeah. Um, but in a way, like uh, let's say uh, I write sci fi, yeah, and I read sci fi, yeah. I read nothing but sci fi, yeah, yeah. that is has its worth as yeah. well. But yeah. I think we were talking before, yeah, uh, the podcast, we were talking about reading outside, yeah, um, and Luke, like within the actual like fantasy genre. Like you write primarily fantasy. Like I I'm all over the shop with everything. <laughs> but um <laughs> with you, like uh, your reading habits, how do you what is it like basically? Uh let's
1: say that I'm I definitely focus on fiction. I'm not I'm not limited to fantasy. Yeah. I'm a lot of sci-fi reading as well. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but it's usually non not uh as in it's usually fictional. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm. I've definitely read some like I've read biographies and I've read yeah poetry which yeah wouldn't really call fiction. Fic- mm. some sometimes slightly fictional, yeah. but um No, yeah, it's it's more it's more on the fiction side yeah, for yeah. me. And, and how d-
0: how do you think that sort of affects that your writing? Like what and not just in a in a you know, in that way of just influences, right? I'm not talking mm. about influences, but just like, you know, um that you can see maybe years down the line, and y- and you understand like in those reading habits and what you were writing. Do you see that as well?
1: Uh, what do you mean, sorry?
0: Do you so mean like so for instance, say um, Sam writing, reading, writing the Three Musketeers, <laughs> I'm reading the Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my stories have nothing of that fact. Mm-hmm. But there's there's elements, you know, mm-hmm. there's the common sense yeah. elements mm-hmm. and and things that that flow in from from just. Um impulses right mm-hmm. that you, that you receive, like do you get that as well, like you can identify things that have similar veins in your reading? yeah, habits? I would
1: definitely say that i've I could find pieces of other things in there,
0: yeah,
2: it's interesting, isn't it? I can think of a writer whom I know who works in fantasy and he's he reads that's his area as well, he loves that area he mm. reads he's just completely steeped in that whole thing. Yeah. But his writing is as fresh and original as as you can get, you yeah. know, and it's marvelous to yep. to hear. But that's the way he works, you mm-hmm. know. He just like that's his that's his wheelhouse. He's in it. He yep. loves it, you know. Mm. Um, Some, whereas I tend to probably, um, you know, I love I love shifting yeah. between times and, and, I love and mixing meander. up that stuff. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> I I love the way that you know a, a, something from Shakespeare will come in come mm. into um, something I'm writing, you yep. know, which isn't of it, which is obviously contemporary, yeah, you know? yeah, and and so I I, en- I enjoy that play, I guess, yeah, yeah. The, w- mm. the
1: way I I look at the way the like my reading and writing habits is probably more along the lines of, I've read all this fantasy that I really enjoy, and I couldn't find more fantasy like that, so I want to write <laughs> something to yeah. kind of yeah, that's fill, cool. that fill, fill that void. That's really cool. That's, that's a great. That's I mean, a great there's reason There's a lot write. of fantasy writing out there, yeah, and a lot of it's so-so there's mm-hmm. some good stuff like really mm-hmm. really good stuff yeah and there's some bad stuff mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. and there's a lot of iterative
0: stuff as well yeah, yeah
1: and there's some which kind of tries to be literary and mm-hmm. it, for me if it gets to the stage where i've read the stuff that i really enjoy and i can't find something that quite fills that, fills that gap for me yeah. i've got to write something for it yeah i need yeah. to put it in there and, That's n- it. and then it
2: yeah i feel like <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about after i saw the, the film um while we were young, the other day, I, now I want to go and write a film that actually, you know, <laughs> fixes those problems yeah, that fixes, you saw. Fixes all those problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say Green Mile? I meant Eight Mile, the animated M&M film. <laughs> I just, yeah. just sorry. That'll um, a long day of supervision. will yeah. actually do that too. Uh, yes. to <laughs> uh, and in terms of um, of writing and and where you do writing, do you have do you have both have places where you like to go and and work? I was I was telling you before we started the conversation that I that I came here from the State Library. Yeah, that's, It's magic, that place. Yes. How come everybody yep. can fit in that place, no I, matter how <laughs> many people turn up? It's sort of like the loaves and I've fishes. I've never seen it
0: really full, like to the point where I thought <laughs> I it was full. What's up with that? I don't I mean, know. It's really fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. You, know, you
2: go in there and you can write in there. I, I love writing there. Yep. It's great. If I'm not at home, I think that's probably my, my favorite other place to work.
0: I think with me, like ideas, like ideas I generate outside, yeah. like cool. travel for me, is yeah. where I generate ideas. That's like nice. On a train, yeah. on a bus, walking, yep. mm-hmm. that's where I get ideas. Yeah. But where I do the work or like the yeah. um, execution of those ideas yeah. is at home on a, yeah. on a desk. On a desk. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. I have a lot of trouble writing in public places. Yeah. I've tried it mm. a few times. And I can get out a few words. Yeah. Maybe you know, I'll change my mind and move on to a poem or something. But mm. I can't do, I can't like sit down and write my yeah. prose very well in public or in a library or anything. Yeah. It's always kind of in dark. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be really dark. Wait, well, like last night was perfect for me because it was it was really dark. It was raining, oh so my it gosh. kind of drowns yeah. out some of the car sounds and things. That, that is, environment, that weather last um, night was incredible, yes. wasn't it? It was yeah, beautiful. And snow and ice, <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I can, I can, that's,
2: I'd get you there. That's yeah. where I'm. That's where I'm good at writing. Yeah, I think. Well,
0: that's where it clicks for me. Mm, beautiful. Mm. I think, like, writing. Um, uh, for instance, as an example, when I was I was riding on a train. And it ceased to become an idea and became a story. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, it, it just mm. sort of, uh, it flows. Mm-hmm. And it was flowing so much that I nearly missed my stop. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but but in that moment, you know that you've got something, mm. you know. And mm. it's not just the spark of an idea mm. that mm. therefore yeah. you leave it in your notebook and then you don't come back to it. And
2: there are those... Um Writers who do things like run, aren't there? For example, Joyce Carol Oates. She's a she's yeah. one of the great running writers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ellie Varenti runs and writes as well. Yeah, um, mm. and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's always intrigued me. Stephen Conti, you know, is one of uh, those writers who I think walks and. Talks into a machine and writes. You know that's, that's <laughs> yeah. fascinating I, actually, too. I almost tried that one. <laughs> so, um,
1: see, uh, it's a bit like Joel, I suppose, with the travel. Not so much on trains, but mm. when I'm walking, mm. like on a trail or mm. something, mm. where there's some kind of nature, it helps me to sort of think I'm not among all the the yeah. city and everything. But that's yes. kind of with the fantasy trope, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's where I sort of get through story issues that I'm yeah. that I'm having. Um,
2: it's interesting, you know, when you're yeah. a teacher and you're working in a workshop with with writers mm. um, emerging writers and and you're setting those exercises for example like hey okay, here's the thing and we're going to do this we now we're going to write for 15 minutes yeah yeah it's really fascinating how many people produce really incredible pieces <laughs> of writing out of those those exercises yeah and it, it's it's beautiful and it like just suggests to me that we're kind of we're playful creatures we have this we have this thing that we can do and that we we can do it very easily. We love know. sparks. <laughs> yeah, and I think and maybe, maybe all that stuff like, you know, I, I do it as well about where I can do it and when I can yeah. do it and how how I'll do it. You know, that that's all about security, I think. I think the great thing is insecurity, and I think that's – that's what's so good about those writing exercises. You you just say this is what we're doing. Here here it is. You know, you're not expecting this. Yeah. Now get get started. And that's and that insecurity produces something exactly, wonderful. Exactly because yeah. you you don't
0: quite know everything. You no, know, you're exactly. not in control of that. Yeah. Um, and that was something that I I did with like a group of writers. You <laughs> know, I sat them down and I was like, mm. okay, mm. Um, I want you to think of gardening. Mm. I want you to think of you mm. know there there were elements that were familiar to me. Yeah. But that nobody in that audience would no. like know. So yeah. I said, I want you to think of. Gardening. I want to think of modernism, yeah. and I want you to think of you know classical antiquity. Yeah. I want you to put all that together yeah. and come up with a paragraph of yeah. anything. Yeah. And it was really interesting. <laughs> Some people we um, were very logical, thinking mm. through it, and other people were organic and just you know whatever came to mm. mind mm. that that sparked. Yeah,
1: have a lot of trouble with um, such activities because I always challenge myself to make it even better than what the person is requesting. Oh uh, <laughs> so yeah. I try and put something I extra. On it. Like I try and throw something else. There's in a competitive streak. Usually that. I get stuck trying oh, to do man. it, and then you just I love like out of like yeah. I love those students.
2: Those students who completely rewrite the whole exercise. <laughs> you know, and actually, I'm not doing that. I'm yeah, do this I'm doing it my <laughs> you way. You almost feel like giving them. <laughs> the so, are, so good! Oh, something. you do. It you does, have to give does, them points. It's the so wording good. of the exercise. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not the exercise. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. I love that stuff. I love that stuff. But it's the same with podcasting, isn't it? I mean, really, when you when that's the great thing about podcasting. Yeah. You have no idea what the guest is going to do. Yeah. I mean, my podcasts are certainly not scripted in any way. Yeah. This one wasn't. Yeah. You know, we oh, kind well. of talked about the fact that I was going to talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, reading as a as a valuable resource for for being an emerging yeah. writer. You know, and reading widely. But, yeah, podcasts are the same. You don't know what's going to happen, you know, and that's that's the good stuff, isn't it? You know, you can be completely derailed by yeah, somebody. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's great. And that's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Derail could be more yeah, it can interesting be terrifying. It's <laughs> also terrifying. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, you've got to go with that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think that brings us towards the end of the podcast. Um, usually at this time we uh, point out where you can follow us and see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helen, why don't you start us off? Um, what, okay, cool. Okay. Where can people find you, social okay, media links? Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I have a blog, um, uh, Literary Punk, and that's a WordPress blog. And um, I have my podcast, which is Literary Punk, and that's, uh, as you mentioned at the start of the show, that's available via Hook Turn um, in, in Melbourne or, or on iTunes. It's a monthly podcast. Uh, at the moment, we're reading Tolstoy's Anna Karenina for the next episode. Fantastic. Yeah, hmm. so we we I announce uh, at the end of each show the text that we'll be looking at for the next sure. episode. And, and we we work across fiction, uh, uh, obviously drama, uh, poetry. Um, we're going to be looking at also some nonfiction, some of the great essays, some mm-hmm. of the great philosophers yep. as well. So, yeah, so people can find me there. Um, and hopefully soon um, a novella and, and potentially as well my thesis. Um, but, yeah, I'll be – also trying to um, get some short fiction published soon. I think I'm going to start working in that genre again and maybe have a, have a bit of a play yep. with some different, as I said, some different area. I've been working with landscape a long time. I'm yeah. going to come back to the city and see what I can do with the, with the city and see where that takes me.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Luke, where can people find you and what have you got coming up for us? Uh,
1: you should come over to my website uh, thesoulshardchronicles.com and read my yep. new story yep um, or new epi- up, uh, I them up, a new episode I call calling a new episode yesterday actually. night wasn't it yes yeah. Yeah, no that was this morning sorry I finished writing it last mm-hmm. night yeah but um or a new episode rather than story um or you can follow me at the thesoulshard mhm and yeah
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. Um, for me, you can find me at the pen of Joel on Twitter. I usually tweet about classical music, opera, or gardens. Sometimes writing. Um, but you can find what I do uh, on my website, uh thepenofjoel.com. Do follow the morning bell. Submissions are still open, um, and they definitely want to see what you can write for them. And the theme uh, for this um, upcoming. Uh, uh, submission I guess submission process uh, would be the political scene in Australia at the moment um, so if you're an Australian mm. writer have you've got something in the pipelines <laughs> currently go ahead and write it but the theme for the next one is the political scene in Australia and I'm sure they would uh, love to see what you can come up with um, you can follow the Morning Bell, uh, the podcast, on the iTunes link and also through the website. Mm-hmm. Um, you should probably, we will probably have a photo of this episode just to prove to you that it wasn't, <laughs> oh, really? it wasn't in a basement somewhere. It was uh, <laughs> at Brunswick Street. So please do look forward to the next podcast, which will be on the 27th of May, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to have our first recurring guest, Cassandra L. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what she brings to the table. So That's until then, thank you very much for listening. Thank we'll you see you next me. time.